0: Hi, this is Phil Bronstein, the editor, and you're listening to a San Francisco Chronicle podcast. Hi, I'm Tim Goodman, and welcome to another TV Talk Machine podcast. Ricky Gervais is one of the great comic actors of our time, something he proved definitively with The Office, which is now seen in 90 countries and has full-blown versions here in the United States, of course, but also in Canada and France. But Gervais also won an Emmy this year for the work he did on the HBO series Extras, perhaps a bit lesser known but also a superb comic portrayal from Gervais, this time as a sad sack film extra, just trying to get a line, perhaps a paycheck, and maybe some fame. Extras was a cult hit in its first season and grew in stature for its second and final season, which has already long since aired on HBO. The second season was much darker, but also brilliantly hilarious, as Gervais's Andy Millman character finally caught a break. He wrote a sitcom that got picked up by the BBC, then promptly turned into a hacky, embarrassing, laugh-track-heavy mess, complete with Andy wearing a wig and shouting an inane catchphrase that not only becomes popular, but so does the fictional show, thus trapping Andy in a certain kind of hell. Fame and some fortune, but no respect at all. This December 16th, even before it's seen in Britain, HBO will air Extras, the extra-special series finale, which runs a full 80 minutes and is, in my mind, one of the best closures to a TV series ever. Not only does it continue the dark themes of fame and its spoils—be careful what you wish for—but it also brings out warmth and drama that fans of Gervais and extras may not have expected. His acting here is superb, the laughs painful but accurate, and the ending as satisfying as anyone could imagine. By the way, Gervais is the true podfather, having capitalized on the podcasting medium, first with a series of podcasts for The Guardian UK, and now regularly heard on his own website— RickyGervais.com. The podcasts were then and remain one of the most popular downloads in the medium's history. I talked with Gervais while he was in New York filming a movie. I'm just wondering in your mind, because it was clear in this in this second season of Extras that it was going down sort of a darker path. But it, had you mapped it out all the way to, to this to this special that, that this would uh, no, be Andy's path? No, we
1: hadn't. Um, we usually approach these things with much larger brush strokes. You mm-hmm. know it. it on the face of it, it looked like it was, you know, uh, indictment of um, celebrity and fame, and and uh, it was a, uh, you know, the backdrop of media was a big thing, and the and the um, the, the press heat, um, you know, uh, was around the 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 a listers. But by the end of the special, I hope people realised that it was it was always a a sitcom about friendship. Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was an ensemble piece, rather like The Office. And um, but no, but when we first started, we didn't know we'd do a finale where all those things happened, but we did know we wanted to do it on a French, uh, a journey that was not only around friendship, but, um, things change, you know, over that, pe- following people over that period, things change, circumstances change. And, um, we didn't want it to be one of those sitcoms where everything begini- you know, uh, begins, uh, then ends in the same place it started. Right. Um, people move on and and um we did want to explore friendship and that's why we made a conscious decision that it was very platonic between a boy and a girl. We hadn't seen that done before and um, um but of course the humour comes from the struggle. The struggle, the 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 um the thwarted ambition, the uh, the uh, the vanity, the mm-hmm. jealousy, the desperation, all those things. And we really made um Andy go full circle, but we didn't change Maggie at all. Mm-hmm. You know, she never did anything wrong.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: And, and uh, um, yeah, um, but you know, it, it's it's no big fable. People, I think most intelligent people know that. That if you're in it for the wrong reasons, or if you chase something as trivial as fame or celebrity, or if you mistake popularity with you know uh, love or something meaningful, then you'll come unstuck. And right. if you're worried about what other people are doing, then you'll come unstuck. And if you want to be famous, you know, for its sake, then you'll never be famous enough. Right. Um, we've always tried to do comedy plus
0: mm-hmm. really.
1: So there was always going to be a, you know, an element of you know, tragedy or pathos or, or realism. And in many ways, I think it was probably even slightly sadder than the office Christmas special because with the office Christmas special, one, it was just about their working life, really. Um, and and two, you know, they thought they were having it tough because they were thirty. <laughs> Was anyone in their forties realizes that being thirty isn't having it tough at all? So they're a little bit sadder. Um, I think uh, Maggie and Andy. Right. So yeah.
0: Well, there's there's some surprises, Ricky, in in this series that um, that I think people come to to gradually. The the the, the first the first season. Uh, you know, it was just—it was just so good to you know see you back in something in the, on these on these shores and getting into extras and then and then the character of Andy w- was just fantastic and as he rolls through this series of uh, humiliations, of each one sort of being ratcheted up, you know, exponentially in, yeah. in, in each episode. But there was something deeper there that you get to that that the, the friendship with Maggie was really was really important and it's all and, that matters. Yeah, it's
1: all that matters. At the end of the day, what. Oh, he, he woke up. He just woke up and realized, why do I want fame? Why do i want chasing this? Why do I care about being more famous than someone else? Why do I want this? You know, mm-hmm. this means nothing at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's how many people you've got around your bed when you're dying. Not it. it you know, it's... You don't need to be famous to have good friends. You don't need to be rich to have good friends. You don't need awards to... To feel a good person and to feel that you've led a good life. And that's what it's all about, leading Mm -hmm. a good life. Right. And a good life isn't gazing on how many photographs are are out there of you in celebrity magazines. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think of these people that... I mean, I, I... when 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 is Posh Spice going to turn to David Beckham and go? Oh, I think we're famous enough. <laughs> When's that going to happen? <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> well, and also the, I think that the uh, you know the sort of the genius in this is, the, is is twofold. One that you did get the friendship in there and the and the sort of uh, um, a little bit of the deeper meaning about you know what matters in yeah. the guise of a comedy. But but what's going to strike a lot of people and certainly struck them in uh, season two of Extras was that it. That it, that it did go darker. It was a sort of a case of uh, uh, be careful what you wish for.
1: Absolutely. That was certainly the second series was be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he stood at a crossroads and he knew that what he wanted to do and he knew he wanted to make a comedy to be proud of, but then when he was confronted and and, and tested, he, he sort of failed and he went for the, the broader comedy just because he couldn't go back to being a nobody. So he he decided to be uh, somebody in some people's eyes, but not his own, and that's the important thing. Right. He had to live with himself, mm-hmm. um, and then by the finale, I suppose the message is: fame is a mask that eats into the face. <laughs> soon, <laughs> soon he didn't even he didn't even have the two minds. He didn't have the early Andy Millman even questioning it. It was like, no, this is what I need to do, and he just woke up one day and he just went, what am I doing? Right. What have I done? What what look and you know he looked around and saw what he didn't want to become mm-hmm. but had and even worse in a way mm-hmm. and there's little things that I enjoyed doing that when they're arguing about who's the most famous <laughs> he went look I don't care I just will say this, you know, I had a a hit on it. You know what I mean? He he secretly (laughs) thinks he is the most famous. (laughs)
0: Right, at all times. Now, this has already aired in England, correct? No,
1: you're getting it first, I insisted. Really? Um, This time I said uh, no, because you had it second last last twice. So you're getting on the 16th, and um, uh, we're going to put it out on the 23rd or 24th.
0: Oh wow, that's that's great. Well, I mean, I think people are in for a little bit of a surprise, and in, 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 in that you know I'm I'm sort of hammering on this dark part of it, um, and, and I and I don't want to uh, you know <laughs> give the impression that you you've delivered a drama and there's not a laugh in it because it's hysterically funny.
1: I think it's that I I'll stick my neck out here, and I think that in part it's it's um, the funniest thing we've done.
0: I think but you're right. It does
1: that. it does move just like life. It swings and roundabouts. Um you know um things things change and some things are in your control and some things aren't and things happen and it's not you know not every day is uh um is a play day something you know you have you have responsibility and things need to happen and everyone has bad days so it is funny and it I think I hope it's funny all the way through but um there is a movement of the characters there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um I, I I think the most important thing about comedy or drama is empathy,
0: Right. and
1: if if you don't empathise, you don't. It doesn't matter what's happening on screen. Something could be funny, salad, but if you go, well, I don't know wh- what that person is. I don't know anyone like that, and that's not that doesn't speak to me. It's you've lost them. So I think the important thing is that they empathise with someone, and in this case, I think they empathise with Maggie.
0: Yes, exactly. Hopefully. I mean, that's the, for people who don't know. This is a Nearly a feature-length film. This is like eighty minutes long.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it is. Yeah, I think you know. I like to think we made a TV movie on a sitcom budget.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, and given what you've put out before, this was like uh, three quarters of your whole season.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, you know,
0: good. the thing that struck me too is is and Andy's having, the, he's having a conscious of crisis that started in the second season and in his reaching you know his whole, a zenith here in yeah. in the finale. And uh, in a lot of ways, what struck me, and I, I'm wondering if you agree with it, this, this is sort of like Andy Millman's network. Yeah. <laughs> in network the movie.
1: Oh yes, network the oh
0: ah yeah. Peter Finch the told when the t-
1: they sh- they he says them to shout out of the window. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um,
0: because it, it just yeah. he just sort of television had sort of got to him to the to the point. I mean, there are parallels to it. Television had got to him to the point now where he it, you know the Howard character just went nuts and 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 for. Uh, for Andy, it but was in just. This
1: network. He turns out to be, a, isn't he, a bit of a hero in that, and he goes with it? I can't remember.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Uh, well, in this, well, without giving too much away. Um,
0: <laughs> he dies at the end. No,
1: just. I, I don't know. Andy, obviously, Andy doesn't take the opportunity.
0: Right, um, right. Which is good. I mean, you could see. I mean, the yeah. way that it was structured was. Uh, I don't know. I came out of it thinking, and, and uh certainly didn't want to be, you know. But I'm happy to hear that this is the we're going to get it first, so that I can be one of the first people to do all the sucking sucking up, and you won't be bored with it. (laughs) But I have to tell you that I think not not only was some of the funniest part uh, some of the funniest stuff we've seen in extras and in in your work, but dramatically, it was really impressive. Oh, thank you. I mean, Andy has to. Well, I mean,
1: that was that was the point. You know, we uh, we wanted to push it a little bit and see if we could make a, a dramatic. TV movie i suppose with comedy elements Mm -hmm. and um the good thing is about this is we know if we succeed um the day after um uh but we're very proud of it and we 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 certainly got what we what we wanted and uh we got a lot of things off our chest and it you know i think that it, it ends the story nicely and we come into this we always want to Think. What's the point of this? What are we trying to put on screen here? Mm-hmm. With the office, we knew what we were trying to put on screen. The office was a a comedy about comedy, set in a world where people wanted to become famous, right. um, and uh, uh, and they thought that their way out was um, you know popularity, and um, it was normal people who who had mistaken respect for popularity. With extras, the, the the difference was that it was people in the industry who were still making exactly the same mistakes right as people who worked in the office right and people are the same anywhere but i think with as i say with extras i think by the end of it people will realize it was a sitcom about friendship
0: mhm mm-hmm. uh, well the, and that's the and that's yeah, again not to give too much away but that that's really what you get at the end oh good and it's uh it, it's 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 funny because you know it, there's always something that's good, good comedy comes from a, some, some sort of dark place and, and also something that's just more than a punchline. And well, and I think good Maggie's comedy and...
1: comes from realism. Again, right. uh, the most important thing in comedy or drama is empathy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I think that the, the, the more real your premise is, the more that will resonate. I mean, you could set a, you know, a comedy on the moon in the future. That's, plants talking to each other and it'll be funny but unless you personify that and unless there's something you can latch on to and and understand and 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 uh, sympathize with it won't have the same resonance you've got to recognize those characters and those situations and you've got to be able to put yourself there and and um i think the more real the world is the less surreal you go the less you jump the shark um the more it will resonate when something touching happens And you can't just do it with knockabout characters. You can't do a few seasons of ridiculously um, hyper characters without any uh, footing in reality, Mm -hmm. and then expect to be able to go dramatic and have pathos because it won't wash. Right. So you you know you have to earn it. You you, you know we had to earn it with David Brent, and we had to earn it with Tim and Dawn, Mm -hmm. and I think you know I think we've earned it with um, Andy and Maggie.
0: Now, do you think that fans of Extras are going to sort of be surprised by what you're going to unveil here in the finale, or do you think that they, given the second season, that they're that they know they're on that you've been on this path towards this?
1: Um, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I, d- I never. I don't really worry about surprising people. It's just that you don't want to do anything that's been done before. You don't want to do anything that's that's obvious, and you want to explore different avenues every time. So, I mean, I. I don't think they could predict the ending. Right. Um but um I, I don't know if they'd be surprised by. It. I just think they I just hope they get something out of it. I mean, I know they'll laugh, but it's easy to make people laugh. People laugh at anything. Um it's it's a bit harder to make them think. Right. Um again, not, not that that's my job. I'm a comedian. You know, I'm not a politician, I, I'm not a philosopher. I I don't I don't want to sit people down and and um and lecture them about the secret of life, but I do want them to think oh that was that was funny and sweet because I know people like that, or that was funny and sweet because I went through that you know right. again, it comes back to empathy it's the most important thing if they don't empathize you've lost them
0: right and you and you say you want to, to get to a certain point, but you have to admit that and you say you're not going to lecture them or tell them a grand story, but in in a lot of ways there is a very big point in in this finale but um um how much of this is uh and i know that i know that it, technically it's not autobiographical obviously but there's there must be something that you you that something about fame and the television industry oh well that listen got I'll,
1: of I'll, i i i'll admit this mm. you know that speech at the end yeah that's me that's <laughs> me saying that there's you know it's 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 a, it's a thin veil of character, but that's that's my thoughts. I'll I'll put those on paper and I sign them. Right. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, I, I admit that and I and I stand by them all. But um, you know, again, you know that's just one of the themes. That's one of the upshots. That's one of the things we explore. But um, extras is about four people and it's about their struggle, and it's about they all want different things, but. They they've got one thing in common, they're all friends really. Right, you know
0: that, that that's it. Just to take a step back here, after you finished the office, I mean, you can sort of sort of see that when you finished the office, fame for you and and your life had completely changed. But when you decided to take the step into extras, because mm. now you've you've been in obviously you've been in movies, you've been on plays, you've done all this kind of stuff, but. W- when you were going into extras, why did you choose that one? Why did you choose to make another television show? Because I'm 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 a little bit worried, and I think the audience might be a little bit worried that you're not going to come back to television again after this.
1: Uh, well, as loads of reasons we did it. Really, the first one is write about what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, for I worked in an office for seven years, and um, I did the office, and then by then I'd been in the world of media for five years. So, you know, that that was my life experience for the past sort of like. Um, five years but along with that um, we knew our cachet was high amongst these Hollywood A-listers you Mm -hmm. know for the past couple of years um, in the industry everyone's favourite show when we read articles you know they said my favourite show was this English show called The Office Right. and we thought well okay that's good that would be a waste (laughs) because we might do something they hate next time so let's (laughs) get them now but um, really we did it because we thought it would be so different from The Office and that's the that was the big reason that I did it. It was so different from the office. Um, we didn't want to be a slave to this fake documentary. I didn't want to play the comedy character. I want to do something completely different. So I played more of a Tim character, I suppose. Right. And uh, I got really, lo- I got to love doing extras, and I particularly loved doing the, you know, the finale. As you say, we got an hour twenty, mm-hmm. and we shot it in fourteen days. Really. Yeah, and it was it was real fun, and it was you know, it had a, like a film should have, and like maybe uh, sitcoms don't have always, is a proper beginning, middle and end. And I really hope that we take people on a journey and they feel that they've watched something. They mm-hmm. feel that they're full and they can breathe. And You know, um, that was the aim, really. But, again, you know... They'll, they'll soon tell me
0: <laughs> they will <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I, I have, certainly have no doubts that it's going to be positive certainly on this end after seeing it I, 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 honestly I think that this is some of the best work you've done it's just thank absolutely you. brilliant
1: thank you very much well I, I, I think that as well I, I think that you know it was hard to follow the office mm-hmm. um, and we put it out of our minds and we, we just said you know look we weren't trying to please anyone when we did the office so why are we trying to please anyone now
0: right and um,
1: we just thought it doesn't matter, and uh, you know, it was a slow burner extras. But then people forget. So was the Office.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: You know, when will they learn? <laughs> you know, I want to say to them, just like what I do immediately. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> you know, one of the uh, one of the questions that struck me when I watched the finale uh, that, that was a I thought a real coup was that you were, you managed to get and and for a lot of, for some American audiences we won't be familiar with the people that all the pe- people that you got, but. How did you manage to get people to sort of play along in the game that like okay f- famous hollow, and that e- even if you had fifteen minutes of it and you're still trying to hold on to it it's just there's a sadness to it? How did you get those players who played themselves in this finale to sort of like i said, tap into I, said, that? I said
1: I said it was um more t v time <laughs> no I didn't I, didn't. <laughs> I said this would make you even more famous. Um, that's not true um, well you know it depends who you're talking about because of course you know I, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying that some of the British homegrown ones that aren't A list film stars mm-hmm. um, it's a different kettle of fish um, if you're Clive Owen and, and George Michael and right. uh, 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 Robert De Niro and David Bowie and Sam Jackson this is not going to affect your career either way right and people know that oh, I get the joke they're Going crazy, they're not. Right. Whereas some of the ones where we got, you know, a lot closer to their real life mm-hmm. and to their press perception of themselves, like the Les Dennis episode mm-hmm. and uh, the Keith Chagrin episode, they run the risk of some people going, "Oh, that was a bit uncomfortable." Oh, they really <laughs> like that then. Um, but you know what? We make comedy. This sounds very arrogant and boastful, but it's true. We make comedy for intelligent people, right? And you know, that's why we don't uh, just aim at, at ratings or water it down or make it easy or palatable. We make it an acquired taste. And we do go into areas that most people would turn off. As soon as you start making a joke about um, uh, Catholic priests being paedophiles or uh, disability or racism, right. people find it uncomfortable. Um, and uh, you find your audience. You find people that aren't scared of are taboo and they get it they get the joke, they get where we're going and they understand the subtleties and, you know, you find your equilibrium and soon the only people watching it are the people that get it and like it. Right. And, and what else do you want? You know, I don't want to con people into watching it. that don't enjoy it. I don't want to sneak it out after a soap um opera. So it, it, it acquires 10 million because 4 million of them are turn off. Where's right. The, where's, I don't, you know, um, you want your club to be difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. And then you want a door policy. <laughs> and so it's filled with like-minded people. And and, it, and that does sound very smug and arrogant, but it's the absolute truth. I, I don't want to beg. I, why do I care about ratings? The only reason I care about getting anybody watching it is so someone says, do you want to do another one? And I want as many people to watch it as possible, but without compromise. Right. I don't want to change one word to get an extra million. I don't want to cut one joke to get an extra million. I don't want to do anything um, other than make it the best 29 minutes I can.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's a little bit of a, a irony or the hard part for you here is that you have the Andy Milman character and this great treatise on, uh, treatise on fame here. And, and what it's like to sort of find your dream and then find that it's empty. But w- w- where do you go from here? I mean, for, for you, you are famous, and you've seen all these sides of it. Is it, is it I you? was
1: more famous than I should be about four years ago. Uh-huh. All, all I can do is only care about the work, which I still only do. I only care about the work. Um, I talk about the work all day. I want people to watch my show, um, obviously. uh I don't want to go to premieres of films I'm not in. I don't want to do panel shows to get an extra bit of time on telly. I, you know, I I don't want to do photo shoots in my house, you know, welcoming people round. This is my garden. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do anything that starts with the word celebrity. I don't know. (laughs) And um and if if that causes less people to watch my show then so be it because I don't want to do that to get people to watch my show because it would be the wrong people.
0: Right. Now now I think I know the answer to this having seen the finale but I, I'm sort of obliged to ask this is this the absolute last time we're going to see Andy Millman?
1: Um well yeah probably yeah. Mhm. Um I, you know we've never said never say never like The Office. Right. But Mm, yeah I think it is the last time yeah. you know we've done it we've said all we need to say we don't as I said we don't do television for the sake of it we don't want to just because people go oh, you're killing a cash cow so what I want to do something else right we could do another six fine we could do another 22 they'd bite our hand us for it but why <laughs> we want to do something else now what, we, what What am I going to do with the next season do, do yeah, more r- observations <laughs> about fame and uh, you know we've done it yeah yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah, th- this this kind of puts an exclamation point. He could come back. He's not dead. I and mean, like, I don't think we're giving anything away that he wasn't shot in the end. But uh, yeah, he, it's he's not coming back.
1: No, exactly. You've um, you've put it to bed. Really, you've done it.
0: Right. Yeah. And and on these shores, uh, an, an interesting thing happened, and I, I, w- I want to get the story on that. Is that you won an Emmy for extras, and you well, were there yeah. to get it.
1: Um yeah. That, that that's um, I I think I was um, I was surprised as Alec Baldwin. Um. <laughs> And uh, and Steve Carell, who was brilliant, wasn't that funny?
0: That was that was genius. I mean, on his end. I mean, and all of that was clearly unscripted.
1: Oh God, no! No, no one knows who's going to win and lose. And uh, what a great sport, though. He'd already he'd sat through an award show, <laughs> right? That's bad enough. Even if you win, he would just lost, and in the same breath, he gets up and does that. What a lovely, funny, selfless nice thing to do i was love, It was is oh he's he's such a nice man and but yeah i was totally gobsmacked and surprised and very proud of it you know because it's a, it's you know individual best actor or whatever it is yeah i uh,
0: know it's the best actor in a comedy it was the yeah, lead actor in a comedy and it that's was right. uh, it Which was is, it was very impressive and when you don't
1: uh, heard of for. A, a cult show like that.
0: It's very unheard of. I mean, I think people are, I think, are savvy enough who who follow the TV business to know that that's, it's the longest of long shots on a show Absolutely. that's not, you know. I know.
1: I, I could have won so much money on me. <laughs>
0: you, oh, you could have put on a sports bet.
1: I reckon I'd have been about 100 to 1, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Pretty close to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is that not being there to get it is, is, is in a way, it's Andy Millman's worst nightmare, isn't it?
1: Um, Oh it would be, it would be, it would be worse for David Brent, trust me. <laughs> right. Um no it was um it was a shame I couldn't be there. I'd love to have been there. I'd and, love to have been there and lose. So I I'd, I'd certainly like to have been there and won. But um
0: You I were doing playing. a play?
1: Oh, no, no my um my uh stand-up show. I was at the the um Royal Albert Hall. I'd done a month in London mm-hmm. off of my it was the the last few dates of a 100 date tour.
0: For Fame. Mm-hmm. For Fame, yeah. Right
1: so uh, five and a half thousand people would have been pretty disappointed that I I've just have left a note on the stage, <laughs> gone to the what? Emmys.
0: <laughs> now, did, now, have you ever got that back from Steve Carell? Has he given it back to you?
1: Um, I think so. I, I think my agent's wearing it as a medallion around Los Angeles.
0: A, a little bling. <laughs> yeah. And you're shooting, right now you're shooting a movie, uh, Ghost Town, right?
1: That's right, yeah. Ta- Directed by David Kep and um, we're shooting all... Around New York, um, and it's great. And, uh, first lead in a Hollywood film.
0: Yeah, this was a, this was art imitating life here, or or art imitating art, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a comedy, though. I sort of know where I am with it. It's, right. not, it's not that scary. The um, getting up early is scarier than the acting bit for me. So I said, "Why do we have to get up so early?" I said, "The light." I said, "What are we farmers?" <laughs> what do you mean, the light? Look, there's loads of lamps over there. Turn them on we can do it any time. <laughs> Let's do a four in the afternoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you were in Stardust, and now that you're sort of in these films, and I'm sure that more of these are going to be coming, do you have any more ideas for television, or are you Yeah, well, out? there's
1: one idea that actually um, has been around longer than extras, mm-hmm. um, that we wanted to do a, a thing called um, Men at the Prue, which is about a group of sort of 20-somethings in 1970, and um, they're sort of selling door-to-door insurance and stuff, and... It's a cross between Billy Liar and Diner, mm-hmm. um, so um, that might be next. But 2008's pretty a block anyway. I've, I do this film, and then um, I direct my first film called um, This Side of the Truth, um, uh, which I've written. And
0: you wrote and directed it.
1: Yeah, w- uh, co-wrote and directed it with um, uh, Matt Robinson. Mm-hmm. And um, comedy. Yeah, really, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I do some live dates. Which I'm filming for an HBO special in the autumn and a DVD release so um 2008's pretty much done
0: and uh, I hinted at this earlier that uh, it's probably not a surprise to your fans but um, it really comes out strong in in the finale of, of extras this 80 minutes is that the the dramatic elements of it are really really strong and I know that you've had uh, inklings to sort of get in and do more dramatic right. work on film
1: well, uh, well, uh, well you know um, extras was always a transitional mm-hmm. piece, really. It was, it was getting from that first thing we did, which went from being a, a little cult hit, you know, a very acquired taste, to being a world franchise, which was crazy. Right. And we wanted to move away from that to whatever we did next, and you know, Extras was that piece, and and so we've bridged another gap here with them um, moving into drama slightly, yeah.
0: Well, you know, Ricky, this is—I uh, know you're busy, and I really appreciate you taking some time out. And, and, oh, it's my pleasure, and calling us and, and doing it. Our podcast, great. Yeah, another podcast. Yeah, we've, how about uh, we've that? We
1: just—we brought out our first one for about six months, which is available. Um, which is my favorite thing I do—just sitting in the room with Steve Merchant and Carl Pilkington.
0: Isn't is Isn't um, it great? I mean, that you, plus you're the pod father officially. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! It's true. You have like the Guinness Book of World Records and the That's most downloaded right. podcast.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there's no money in it right
1: well we we did some sell them they are available, but um um the, the fun is are, are the other free ones are fun
0: yeah it's just because there's
1: no there's no press you just stick them out there and uh, um but uh yeah it's just it's just fun being in a room with Carl Pilkington, yeah, I don't need to be paid for that
0: <laughs> right he's he's a misunderstood visionary
1: it absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, or idiot. Or idiot.
0: Yeah, so it was fantastic. Incredible end to the series. And Ricky, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much. Cheers.
0: All right, cheers.